Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Aging Millennial. So, hope you had a good week. Uh, I certainly had uh, an adventurous two weeks. I was in bed ill, not very exciting, and that too on my birthday as well. So, I am recovering now, uh, and I just didn't have the energy to record episodes. So, apologies for that. Uh, however, uh, I am back with a new episode, and today we will be focusing on battling your inner voice (brackets critic). And you know, I I, I mentioned um, the inner voice, the inner critic, uh, in my early episodes, if you remember. And these are, you know, I I never really knew about them or about it since I started attending therapy. I always thought it was a normal, uh, you know, voice, uh, normal thing, part of your mind or your mind telling you things, um, you know, uh, but I could never distinguish whether it was telling me things in my favor or against me. I didn't know where it was originating from. I had no clue. And 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 you know you know since I've been a child or since growing up, uh, teenage years, going to university, started working. Um, I was just unable to distinguish these, these uh, you know what the inner critic is. So I you know but since I went to therapy, um, it's really helped me identify the inner critic. And I think that, you know there's there there there's a reason. I would like to talk about this today just because I've come across numerous people uh, like myself who, you know, have said or do say, my mind is telling me I'm a bad person. Um, my mind's telling me I can't do this presentation or I won't get this job. Uh, and because I've been a victim of it, or I am still am a victim of it, uh, I just think it's you know appropriate to share my experiences and how I've dealt with these voices. So Catherine McPhee says, everyone has that inner voice, the one that's negative Nancy. I'd say to ignore that voice and to be confident and follow your heart. And I mean, I, I'm going to go a bit extreme, but I've labeled the inner critic as evil. So the inner critic, I mean, if I go by the proper definition of the Oxford Dictionary, it refers to an inner voice that judges, criticizes, or demeans a person whether or not the self-criticism is objectively justified. And, um, you know, I, I, and I don't think the role is of the inner critic is to necessarily destroy you uh, though his job is to keep you in um, survival mode, to keep you in that comfort zone. Um, you know, sometimes for in you know situations where, for example, very extreme, but if you happen to get kidnapped, and your inner quiet inner critic says, uh, you know, stay quiet, though you go against it and be like, I'll be here and I'll stop my kidnapper. Uh, you know that might end up bad. So, um, you know, the inner critic keeps you safe, 
the inner critic keeps you um tells you stuff to avoid embarrassment to avoid um shaky situations to avoid something you're not comfortable with or you may not be comfortable with uh though 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 um it might be good for you so for example if your inner critic says you can't do that presentation uh though you know deep down that if you do that presentation and you kick ass in it uh you may go far you may stand out um or if your inner critic says you know um there's no point of going to the gym because you're never going to build muscle or you're never going to lose that belly fat. Um, you know, it's, it's letting you be in that comfort zone. It's letting you avoid being embarrassed about how you look in the gym. Though you know that if you do it, uh, though, you know, if you did it, uh, you could achieve those muscles. You could achieve those abs. You could achieve that lean body, you know, a uh, healthy body you've been dreaming of or wanting. So, uh, and and that means you have to get out of your comfort zone, right? It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen automatically. Uh, you have to do something about it. Though the inner critic always uh, finds you your uh, lets you stay in your comfort zone. And you know where where does it originate from? Um, so obviously, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, I'm not a therapist. Um, though based on what I've heard and what I've been told and my research, it really originates from our childhood. Um, and this really goes back to an episode I did earlier on thinking before you speak. So, for example, you know, as a child, if, you, if you've been told you're naughty, right, um, you might grow up and you, and you be constantly told you're naughty, you're naughty, you're naughty, you're... Uh, I'm thinking of a word in my local language and I can't translate that into English, uh, but I think naughty would probably be the most appropriate. So if you think you're naughty... Uh, you might grow up. You might grow up thinking that you know you're you're a bad person, or um, you know you're you're you misbehave, or uh, you have um, those naughty traits. Um, though, if you you're told since you're a child that you're intelligent, you're clever, um, you know you ace everything. You may grow up. Uh, you know you grow up thinking you're you know you're 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 good. Um, you know, you're capable, uh, and it gives you that confidence. It makes you feel good. So it gives you that good feeling. So it really depends on, you know, from your childhood, like if you've been saying since a child, you've been fat, you might be very insecure about your weight or, you, or the opposite. If you've been told you're thin, uh, uh, you know, you, you might be really insecure. You might grow up being really insecure about your weight and, 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 and your inner critic is going to keep telling you, you know, you're too thin, you're too fat this and that, you're not healthy, you look shit, this and that. So, you know, it really, um, you know, your inner critic takes things that you've been told from a child and repeats them to you as you grow. And the more power you give it, the more the more room you give it, the more powerful it grows. Um, obviously, you know, if, 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 you're in a, if you're in a war, I know, I know another extreme example, but if you're in a war and you don't fight back and you let your attackers take over, they just keep taking over. They keep taking over. And this is, and you need to imagine your inner, inner critic like that. Um, you know, for example, if you've been told since a child uh, that, you know, you're a boy and, you know, you can't become a nurse or you're a girl, you can't become a pilot. Um, you know, your inner critic over time, when it comes to choosing what you want to study at university, 
um, you know, your inner critic might be telling you that, that you can't become a pilot because you're a girl. You can't become a nurse because you're a boy. And, and that comes from your subconscious, right? But if you were told otherwise, that, you know, you're a boy and you can do anything, you're a girl, you can do anything, then that um, your, your inner critic won't be able to say that down the line. So it really, you know, it really, um, it really does make a difference. It really does have an impact. Um, and I think that, you know, um, and, and this comes or these inner critic, these voices, inner critic voices get stronger when there's a trigger or get apparent when there's a trigger. So, for example, if I've been told, uh, you know, since an early age that, um, that I'm incapable of having a girlfriend um, and then I ask a girl out later on, you know, a couple of years after and I get rejected that kind of reinforces the inner critic to play that card. Aha, uh-huh, so I told you. I told you you're never you're not good enough. You're incapable of getting a girlfriend. Um, you're incapable of getting a partner. And the more often it happens, you know, uh, the inner the more the stronger the inner critic gets. Um, and you, it just keeps reinforcing itself uh, because you listen to it, because you give room to it. Um, and you know, and, and that's and that's the worrying thing. So the inner critic is detrimental uh it has a huge impact you know you become slave to the voice um it starts making you or could make you feel guilty um you know the instances where you know you uh you know you your inner critic um i mean i'm thinking of an example but um like for example if you go back to the time when uh, you didn't do that presentation at work uh, just because your inner critic was telling you you're shy, you're you're gonna you know not do it well. You're gonna break down. Uh, you're gonna get nervous. You're gonna get sweaty palms, and you just shouldn't do it. That may have resulted in you uh, not getting that promotion, being overlooked by top management, uh, not being able to conquer your fears. So hence, it is it is very detrimental to your personal growth uh, and professional growth as well. Um, you know, you can, you can start becoming insecure about yourself. It results in low confidence. It results in low self-esteem. Um, and it results, and it you know, you start becoming paranoid as well. So for example, if you're in a, if you, um, don't distinguish the voice in your head, one of the voices in your head is an inner critic. Um, and you think, you know, it is you, this is your mind and it's whatever is telling you is right. And you one day decide to go against it, um, you know, you might start feeling guilty of not listening to it. Um, you know, you start becoming paranoid, you know, that you didn't listen to it and things didn't go the way uh, that you wanted them to. And the inner critic was right. So you start becoming paranoid. Um, and, you know, this, uh, and it, it really does take uh, a dent on, on your stress levels. Like it does, sorry, it does increase your stress levels. It does increase anxiety. Um, and honestly, we have, our lives are stressful enough in brackets. Um, obviously, it depends on how you respond to stress. And, you know, we just don't need this added stress, this inner critic stress. Um, and now to the magic part where I'm going to share some tips on how to deal with this inner voice, how to tame it, how to, you know, start addressing it and fixing it. 
So uh, in my experience, what I've learned is that trying to be present, trying to be mindful uh, really does help. So you can achieve mindfulness, you can achieve um, presence, sorry, no, you can achieve mindfulness in the present moment by meditation. So, uh, you know, there are tons of YouTube videos which tell you how to meditate. Uh, go to YouTube and search, you know, morning meditation, morning mindfulness, three minutes, five minutes. It has different time lengths. And they teach you to kind of focus on your breath and try to focus on your present moments. Don't judge the thoughts that come to your mind. Don't judge the voices that come to your mind. Though if you do this over time, it does really help you to focus on the present moment, to focus on yourself, uh, and to really, um, you know, let just those voices pass. So do try it. Um, another one is, you know, if you have some trigger situations, uh, so, you know, there can be very many trigger situations which, may, which allows the inner critic to get stronger uh if possible you know uh try to minimize your exposure to those trigger situations though in my experience that's much harder to do so the best thing to do is to change your response to trigger situations um so don't you know don't let them get you and i know i know i know it's easier said than done um though you know you always have to uh, so before, it's, it's the same analogy, right? Before thinking, uh, before speaking, you think. So uh, before, um, you know, uh, in a trigger situation, before getting triggered, try to remain calm and try to, you know, take a deep breath. Uh, that probably give you some composure um, and give you um, a chance to better your response to that trigger. Um, and then this gives less power to the inner critic. Um and, you know, would you, uh, as I said before in many episodes, uh, you know, list down everything that your inner critic is saying, I guess, in a journal over time, and then label them as something you can control, label them as something you can't control, um, and everything you cannot control, just take it out. And if you do that over time, that gets embedded into your subconscious, and over time that uh, the inner voice or the inner critic will give less uh, power to that. We'll say that less because it doesn't, you know that you're not in control, so why think about it? Um, I know, I think these are, and then the other kind of tips are a bit uh, gutsy, but um, I've I've heard in another podcast that uh, do the opposite of whatever your inner critic tells you. So for example, if your inner critic tells you, um, you know, you, you have a more alarm in the morning and you want to snooze, uh, just because your inner critic says, you know, what are you going to do when you wake up? Uh, just keep sleeping. I do the opposite. I wake up uh, like, you know, F that I, I'm waking up. Or if something um, or uh, you, you can't present, I present, I do it regardless. Um, or not ask that question because you're going to look stupid. You ask that question. No question is stupid, firstly. And secondly, you're, you know better than your inner critic. Um, you know, you need to take control of your mind. Don't let your mind control you. Um, and, uh, you know, another way, another way I, um, another podcast, uh, th- there was another tip on, you know, what you can say to your critic is that, uh, I welcome your views, though, see me do the opposite and be amazing. So you tell your inner critic that, you know, I welcome what you're saying. Thank you for that. Uh, though now look at me, I'll do the opposite and it'll be amazing. So you can kind of play reverse psychology with it. 
Um, and you need to remember, the inner critic isn't some uh, you know, foreign entity. It isn't some ghost or anything. It's within you. It's within your mind. It's come from your past. It's come over time. And because it's come over time within you, um, you have the power to battle it. You're the power. You're the master. You're not the slave. So I'm going to, I'm, so, uh, you know, these are the tips, but I'm going to give it in a more structured way now. So these are seven questions um, that, you know, you, when you're, when you encounter this inner critic, um, you, you can, you can, you can address these, uh, address that by these seven questions. So the first question is, what could the inner critic be trying to get me to do or protect me from? What evidence do I have that what the inner critic is saying is true? If what the inner critic says is flawed, what exactly is the flaw? What situations or events tend to make my inner critic active? What would I say to a friend who talked like my inner critic to themselves? And this is really, oh sorry, and would I ever say what an inner critic is saying to a child? And these two questions are really uh, important because when you start um, saying what your inner critic is saying to someone else, you realize, oh shit, I would never say that. So that kind of gives you that um, confidence that whatever the inner critic, saying, inner critic is saying is bullshit. And the last question, if there's any truth in what the inner critic says, what can I do to improve or move forward? So in most cases, the inner critic is talking BS. Um, however, if you feel that the, what the inner critic is saying is true, at times it can be, like maybe 1% or 2% of the times, um, you know, think about it. And if you feel that, oh, you know, the, the, you know what I, you know, maybe the inner critic has a point, then you can take that uh, on and address it. So that was the episode of the inner critic, uh, inner voice. Hope you found that useful. Obviously, this is such a big topic and psychologists and uh, people have been working on this for years and years and years. Uh, and my knowledge in this field is very limited, obviously, as though I can only speak from experience. Uh, but nonetheless, I hope you found that useful. And as always, you know, feel free to DM me uh, sorry, it's like I'm on Instagram. Uh, send me a direct message on Instagram. Uh, feel free to drop me an email, which is in the description, the podcast uh, description. Um, and I, I'm I'm happy to help. You know, whatever you tell me, stay confidential, obviously. Um, and I'm happy to help you. I'm happy to guide you. Um, and yeah. Uh, and just to finish the episode with some weird news. Um, so snakes can help predict earthquakes. They can sense a coming earthquake from some five miles away up to five days before it happens. Now, that's interesting. I never knew that. And I'm not sure how, uh, I'm not sure if that is the case, why I haven't been using snakes to predict earthquakes. Um, in Switzerland, it is illegal to own just one guinea pig. This is because guinea pigs are social animals. They're considered victims of abuse if they are alone. Uh, I just love how, like I'm in Pakistan right now, and just love how, People in civilized societies or developed countries think um, about every single person, every single animal, every single thing. It just amazes me and it's uh, a kudos to them. I really hope one day we can get to this level. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how many knew that, how many of you know this, but Snoop Dogg's real name is Cordozar Calvin Broadus Jr. His nickname came from his mother who thought he looked like Snoopy from The Peanuts. Um, yeah, I, I never... I, I did know that Snoop Dogg's real name must not be Snoop Dogg, uh, though I was never aware of his real name. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, sorry, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. 
Um, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you rate and review. And make sure you listen with your friends. And do give me constructive feedback on the episodes you have listened to. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Ciao. Thank you.